0: In fact, it's better if you can bring in independent reviews before, and like if you're about to do a critical design review, bring in the independent reviewers ahead of that, significantly ahead, to make sure are we on the right track, are we um, going to accomplish this event successfully or not.
1: I'm here with Dave Vice, a retired engineer and program manager, and today we're going to be talking about independent reviews.
0: How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Good. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, so tell tell me a little bit more about independent reviews. What what is an independent
0: review? Well, an independent review is just by really having a second set of eyes looking at a problem or a project. You know, oftentimes we get so wrapped up into the details of a certain project that we can't see the forest through the trees and so it's really helpful to have someone have a fresh perspective come in take a look at someone who's never looked at the problem before and take a look at everything that's going on to give you a fresh perspective on the idea and, and the concept or the process and that's really all it's about um, oftentimes especially in a work environment um, bosses or hierarchies they, just the politics of the organization the uh, excuse me. the people around, you know, you start getting these preconceived notions or agendas between people and it starts to prevent the work from flowing and information from flowing. And so by having a second set of eyes, people that aren't associated with the program, sometimes even if they're not even associated with the company, that can be really good too, to have them come in and take a fresh look at everything that's going on. But it needs to be a defined objective. You can't just say, come in and look at everything. You have to ask the um, independent reviewers to have a very specific goal in mind. So let's say you're about to embark on a critical design review of a program. And you may want to say, come take a look at this, at the critical design review process, and specifically how we're, if we're ready to have a critical design review for this program. And that would be a great start, a great way of having an independent review take a look at it. And then they can come in and do an assessment of where you are at, what is going on with that particular program and for that particular process. Um, Now these need to be experienced reviewers. You want people that are what I tend to call graybeards. People have been through the process before, people have had experience doing this so that they know what to look for. and you want them to be um, totally divorced from the program so that they can come in in a non-threatening way so people won't feel like their their jobs are on the line they, they need to feel free to speak clearly and openly and honestly with the reviewers mm-hmm. so it's really important to have that dialogue go on you don't want this to be threatening to people where they think oh if I say the wrong thing I'm gonna get fired That's exactly the opposite of what you want with these independent reviews. So um, it's, they they can't be associated with the team, you know, if they're even not associated with the company that can be even better because then you know, okay, they're not going to fire me because of something I did on this this project or the way that it's being done. And they won't have any hidden agenda of their own. um, So that makes it completely independent. And that's why we call it an independent review.
1: Um, What would what qualifies someone to be an independent reviewer? Do they have to know about the industry that they're coming into? Um, What what types of qualifications do they need uh, to where you can trust them?
0: That's a really good question. Uh, So it's ideal if they have a good background in the industry but not necessarily a requirement. They should um, definitely have an uh, a background in the process that you want them to review. Sometimes having a mix of people, let's say someone who's from the industry and someone who's not, can give you a lot of valuable information and a lot of uh, additional insight. So at least if you've got a group it should be more than one person probably that you want to bring in as independent reviewers. <clears throat> and if you've got all of them, or like, or let's say it's uh, an airplane uh, review that you're doing, if they're all familiar with the uh, building airplanes that's okay but sometimes that will give you some preconceived notions that if you have one or two people on the team that are from outside aerospace it can be even better Okay. so you because you want that fresh look that fresh perspective it can be very helpful by bringing in outside perspectives into the inter independent review team
1: do independent reviewers um is it their place to give advice or are they just giving feedback um and what i mean by that is do do you expect them to give you direction on certain things or do you just expect them to give this is this is an assessment of it
0: it's both so you start with an assessment and then you will make recommendations on how to proceed how to make improvements so it should be both but the first part is to do the an assessment and then you assess what's happening, you make um, some judgments around why it's happening, you do a root cause analysis, and then you make recommendations around how to improve that process.
1: Is there an example that you can think of, or can you walk me through a process where an, an independent reviewer came through and it was a, a successful um, environment, or are you not able to touch on that?
0: So, yeah, no, I can do that. That's a, that's a great idea. So. Um, and one of the companies I was at, we had um, a problem where the entire, we, we had a, an event happen. Let me just say it that way. It was shut the program down completely, uh, and so we brought in an independent review team to uh, to review the entire process of why that event happened, how did it happen, what was the... So they, they came in, they talked to everybody, they talked to the... The technicians, they talked to the managers, they talked to all the employees that were even remotely involved.
1: So the event triggered the independent reviewers to come in? It did. Okay. It gotcha.
0: doesn't have to be that way. Gotcha. And in fact, it's better if you can bring in independent reviews before, and like a, if you're about to do a critical design review, bring in the independent reviewers ahead of that, significantly ahead to make sure are we on the right track? Are we. Um, going to accomplish this event successfully or not. Okay, and but in this instance? In this instance, it was a- after the fact. And and that's probably an example of what can happen if we don't bring in independent review teams early enough.
1: Would you say that's the best time to bring them in is in the beginning, or in what would you think is the best time to bring in an independent
0: review teams? I, I think after you've started, um, you've kicked off your team, you're um, progressing through. But um, shortly after you start, maybe two or three months afterwards, um, but be significantly before your first major event, bring in an independent review team. Say, okay, tell me how we're set up. Tell me if the communication is flowing right. You need for the teams to be operating uh, in order for you to do truly do an independent review. Okay. Um, if you come in and do it before you've even started, all you're doing is an assessment of your plan. So really to do a a true independent review you need for things to be operating. And then you want to, and because what will happen is things will, the way things happen never happen according to the plan. So you want them to go in and dive in and say why are they not happening according to plan. And there will be things, either personalities, there could be process gaps like information isn't flowing between people in the right way. There could be uh, maybe a fault in the plan itself that is, is that fault where things aren't connected properly to each other. Mm -hmm. And so the independent reviewers can um, understand all of that. So they can dive in deep, look at the big picture, and give you an assessment of where the real problem areas are, the bottlenecks. And doing that ahead of a specific milestone is important so you can take corrective action and be able to get yourself on the correct path.
1: Okay, excellent. So, Have you ever been an independent reviewer? I have. And can you talk about that experience? Are you able to share any of that? Or?
0: So this one example I was talking about where there was an event, um, I wasn't on the program at the time, but they had me come in as a independent reviewer. They, Because the event was very sensitive and um, uh, catastrophic, it actually shut the program down. Um, they, uh, they didn't want to bring in uh, people from the outside. They wanted it to be internal people because it's very sensitive to the company. Sure. But they brought in people from the company that were um, outside of the program. And so we came in, there were several of us, and we did some independent reviews, sat down with each of the employees and had, the, had our discussions with them as to why things had happened. Um, one of the root causes of this particular event was there was a lot of schedule pressure uh, from the management. They wanted to get things done very, very quickly. And they didn't care, But well, they cared, but they didn't consider the consequences of their pressure that they were applying to the employees. And it forced or created an opportunity for the employees to take shortcuts and um, put people
1: at risk. And and dealing with aerospace and aeronautics, that is a very big, very big deal. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So it seems like it's very important for independent reviews to happen before um, it gets to that point, um, to be uh, proactive rather than reactive. Right. Yeah.
0: In in this in this case, no one got hurt, but someone could have gotten seriously hurt um, by this and. Um, and um, we were working with multi million dollar equipment mm-hmm. to which there was no backup. And um,
1: when you say no backup, you mean there's no other pieces of equipment built like that? Correct. Okay. Correct. Understand.
0: And so it was um, costly. Very costly. <laughs> very costly. So, uh, yeah, so, you, and so that's the other part of the risk. It, when you do risk assessments, you need to understand what is the potential consequence of it. So, let's say. You're going to perform a test on a part, and it's the only part you have, it's the only one that built. It took you a year to build this part, and it, and now after a year of building it, you have $20 million sunk into this part. And and now you're going to expose it in an environment to test out, make sure it performs adequately. But what you need to look at that, is there a risk that we could overdrive or overexpose this equipment in a way that could be harmful to the equipment, which is what happened here, and then uh, potentially damage that equipment to the point where we just wasted twenty million dollars. Um, so, no one sat down and really did an honest risk assessment of is it possible for us to overexpose uh, this equipment, and and that and we did actually we had overexposed it. It was a runaway on one of the um we were exposing it to uh, temperature and radiation and uh, making sure that it would survive that but it was it got exposed to 10 times the amount of what it was designed for so um, this particular um, when we ran the test no one sat down and said is it possible to overdrive the equipment in a way, because it wasn't planned to do that. Mm-hmm. It uh, There was a glitch in the software and it overdrove the equipment to the point where we, we could have damaged people, we could have hurt the equipment, and what we did hurt the equipment.
1: Um, do you think that in this instance, bringing in an independent reviewer before that happened uh, could have prevented this event? Or-
0: I, I can't say for certain if it would have prevented that exact thing, mm-hmm. but Um, What our recommendations were was to do a a review board before any of the tests took place. So there should have been a test readiness review Mm -hmm. in which you do a detailed uh, assessment of the risks. And we specifically called out all the areas that we need to assess the risks. That wasn't done in this case they planned the test and they went to go execute the test and no one did a risk assessment around the test Um, so it's they were in a hurry they wanted to get it done doing a risk assessment takes time and potentially will slow down the program so why do that Um, there was we were in a rush to get everything done we were behind schedule they
1: they learned something from that experience oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) they did but
0: um they has uh, a but you want to learn those experiences or try to prevent them before such a catastrophic event could happen right so that's why it's so important to have an independent review uh, take place and get that second set of eyes I guarantee if we had a an independent review happen well ahead of the test, they would have said you need to do a test readiness review you need because that wasn't in place to happen. you need to have a Uh, a risk assessment during that test readiness review. Now, would we have specifically caught that particular event from potentially happening? I don't know. Um, I can't predict that. But by having a risk assessment done, you you prepare yourself for that uh, to occur, and you provide yourself the opportunity to catch it where there was no opportunity to catch it in the way that it was operated. Sure. So um, so that's, so those are some important factors that had to happen.
1: Absolutely. And when you're
0: in the middle of it and you're driving to complete the schedule, get it done on time, it's easy to say, okay, I don't really need to do a risk assessment, we know what we're doing, we're just going to push forward. Um, and, they, and honestly, they didn't even give it a second thought, they just pushed ahead.
1: So are independent reviewers uh, mandatory? Are they mandated by any, any incorporations or is it just an option?
0: Usually it's, um, it's an optional approach, okay. but it does depend on the customer. So in the military environment, uh, the military's gotten burned so many times that they, in many, many cases, demand independent reviews to occur. So it's become a best practice in a military world to have independent reviews. The, and so you will schedule them in at various critical points within the program.
1: Is it costly for um, anybody to bring in an independent reviewer?
0: Yeah. It, Would they, that
1: drive them away from doing that? Would that it, be co- it definitely
0: costs money. Right. Whereas, um, but the reward uh, for the potential of avoiding a specific uh, cost overrun or damaging your equipment can be way overshadowed the cost of the independent review Absolutely. Um, and from my perspective this is actually a best practice is to have independent reviews come in. In a commercial world, there's no requirement to do an independent review. I just think it's good practice Absolutely. and to have that, give yourself the opportunity to find flaws that you have in your process mm-hmm. um, or, your, uh, or your approach or your plan and be able to take corrective action. It's always, always good to be learning as you're going and to know that we're not perfect in developing our plans. So let's capture, get a second set of eyes looking at it to get an input on it.
1: And do you think it's a good idea for um, startup companies in particular to bring in independent reviewers?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really good because you're trying to do things for the first time. Right. And so this is, you know, if you've been practiced at it, like, at a Boeing company where you've been doing independent reviews all the time. This is kind of a normal practice for them to do it. But when they're going through like a critical design review, they do thousands and thousands of critical design reviews on multiple projects and designs. So they have, they are very practiced at it. That doesn't mean that their program may be doing something flawed or they have new people doing it. It's always good to have independent reviews. But when your entire company has never done this thing before, then it's critical yeah. to have that independent review happen.
1: I feel like at that point it is necessary to yeah. have that. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think it's it's absolutely essential for us to do that. Excellent. Um, and it's really good to look at the way decisions are being made, um, understand how those decisions are affecting other people. And so sometimes you can have a very strong personality in the room that's driving the answer. This is the way we're going to do it, we're going to do it that way. Even though there are other people that have good ideas that aren't being listened to. Yes. So when you have the the opportunity to interview people, you like to get them alone. You like to get them to be able to speak freely. And, and so you ask them open-ended questions and observe their body language. Are they really talking freely or do they feel like they're being listened to by their management and uh, watched? Um, by cameras or whatever, and so they're not. They're, they may be on edge, and if if you notice that, because that will happen, mm-hmm. uh, try to put them at ease. Try to get them to realize, no, this is an open, open safe zone for them to freely talk. We're not going to report you. This is we want an honest assessment, and then ask them open end questions like, what do you think about the schedule? Do you think that's realistic? Is it really going to be? You know, maybe even lead them into like, you really think this is real? Yeah. And they say, well. Yeah, or oh, I never thought it was real. That's just management said it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, if you
0: get comments like that, then you know, okay, we've got some problems here. We really need it to can go.
1: help you identify what the what the problem is.
0: Yeah, and you can identify whether or not they're really being open and honest with you. Right. You you need to build that trust with them and be able to get people to open up and be honest with you about what they think are really the issues. And if they say, hey, well, I knew this was a bad idea, but Joe said we had to do it that way, and he's the manager, and he's he's just the dictator of the group. So we just follow his orders. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did it that way. No, we didn't do a review. And um, I knew we weren't ready. We would never tested the software before, and we just plugged it in. We had to get it going to meet our schedule. Those are red flags. Okay. So when you see how the decisions are made, if management is listening to the employees, and if the decisions are being communicated or or if they're maybe not even being made at all. <clears throat> maybe um, the decisions are just in a swirl and just waiting for someone to make a decision I think.
1: Um, on things. On, with these independent reviews are they at the end of them are they officiated in any way? Is it all documented um, or is it just verbal recommendations and assessments? No
0: it's always documented. Okay. Everything gets documented. Now you, The interviews themselves you will document, but you keep all of that information confidential.
1: Is so, it uh, recorded or transcripted in any way, or you just... You just,
0: normally you just take notes. Okay. Um, you could do that, but if you start recording, you, you tend to put people... Um, Back in that place that you're uh, trying to take them away from. Yeah, so I, I typically will just take notes. Um, and if they even feel comfortable uncomfortable with taking notes, I'll, I'll close it so they off the record. Okay. Let's have a candid discussion. And you want to have that um, open environment where people will trust you. Sure. If you stick a microphone in their face and you start recording them, it's intimidating. It, yes. You're yeah. not going
1: to get the honest right reaction and opinion.
0: Yeah, and you want to understand how the how is information flowing? How did people find out about the activities? What do they know? What the schedule is? Do they know what the process is? How did have we documented the process? Mm-hmm. Have they? Um, so do people know where to go to get that information? You have to ask all those questions to find out, is there a gap in the process, is there a gap in the execution of the process, mm-hmm. or is there a gap in the personalities of management of driving the process?
1: So it can be a very broad spectrum of where things can get mm-hmm. flawed or, or um, kind of overlooked. Get... Yes. Yeah.
0: And it usually is. Yeah. usually is. Uh, usually there's more than one thing that's going wrong. Um, there's usually pressure on schedule, that's very common. Um, or cost, trying to get cost down, that's another driver. Yeah. Um, I can see that
1: happening for startup companies as yeah. well. Yeah.
0: yeah. You've, you've only got so many resources. Okay. You've got, uh, you're trying to hit a critical milestone. And there's a lot of pressure. So people. And the other thing is, people start working late. The other contributor to this one event, uh, people were working. 16-hour days, and they've been working those days for, I think it was three months straight, seven days a week. And they were exhausted. And so, and we were pushing, the company was being pushed to get this done quickly, and they didn't put the proper cautions in place. It may never have happened if the people writing the software for the test equipment had been fresh and alert and May have caught their mistake right. but um, so the uh, that was definitely a significant contributor was the amount of overtime people were putting in uh, in order to get this done and there was an intense amount of pressure on
1: schedule. Right. That's very important. Yeah. Um, so do you have any other advice or um, examples or anything else you can feed off of uh, independent reviewing?
0: Well the I think the main thing is is to be open to it and be, as a management, you want to encourage uh, the second look. You want to have people find flaws in your plan. Don't take the plan as being absolute and as the best thing that I've ever done, and mm-hmm. therefore I've got such a big ego about it that um, there's nothing wrong with this. And uh, because if you do that. Uh, one, you will be telling your, even if you do an independent review, sending the message of I don't really want you to find anything, just go, go look. You really want to encourage honest and open communication and have them dig deep to find stuff so that you can take corrective action. Absolutely. If they don't find anything, then you're not able to do any correction. Right. And you always, there's always places where you can find uh, places to correct things. Absolutely.
1: Well, and lastly, if someone is looking um, to get an independent review done or bring in an independent reviewer, how would they do that?
0: Well, so the way to do that, the uh, Collaborative Consultants is an excellent group to go to. They've got people um, that are experts in, within industry mm-hmm. that have been mostly retired people. They've got centuries of experience behind them, and they can come in and analyze virtually any process. That they have, uh, that you might have, that you're looking at, and because they're consultants, they will be totally independent of the company, and they can take a very critical and objective view of everything that's going on. So I like to use consultants. Collaborative Consultants is an excellent one to work with.
1: Very good. All right, Dave. Well, thank you so much. That was very informative. And then, if you are interested in any more, please visit collaborativeconsultants.net. Thank you. (music) Thank <music> you.